This is the Cancer Radio Network. Coming up on this episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast, presented by Coloplast. Get in touch with the Colon Cancer Alliance and ask for a buddy. I think there's nothing like talking to someone who's been there, uh, someone who's been vetted, who can not give you medical advice, but practical advice and listen to you and and be a friend. Um. Welcome to the Colon Cancer Podcast, presented by Coloplast, offering stories of information, inspiration, and hope to those affected by colorectal cancer. I'm Lee Silverstein. Welcome to Episode 70 of the Colon Cancer Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. I had a wonderful experience not too long ago. Rather than being the one that does the interviewing, I was interviewed on a podcast. A friend that I met at a recent podcasting conference, Harry Duran, is the host of a podcast called Podcast Junkies. That's J-U-N-K-I-E-S. And Harry had me on his show a couple of weeks ago. If you want to check it out. You can find it uh, however it is you consume your podcast. If it's through your iPhone, just through the native podcast app, through Apple Podcasts, just search Podcast Junkies. Or if you're on Android, you can do it through the Stitcher app, and uh, you can find it there or directly on Harry's website, which is podcastjunkies.com, and it's episode 130. And it was a wonderful conversation. Harry asked some terrific questions, real spiritual guy. And it was a wonderful experience for me to be able to share my story going back to childhood when I first uh, had my first experience with cancer. I'm both a colorectal cancer survivor, uh, currently stable six years since my diagnosis. But as some of you no, I'm also a survivor of childhood cancer. I had what's known as a Wilms tumor, a rare form of pediatric kidney cancer. So we talked a lot about that, a lot about life, uh, how the podcast that I host, the colon, this, this one, the Colon Cancer Podcast, how it came to be. And uh, I invite you to check it out. Again, that's at Podcast Junkies, episode 130. If you have an ostomy and are experiencing leakage, that is not normal and you don't have to live with leakage. Feeling secure is important to be able to do the things you enjoy without worrying that you may have to deal with an embarrassing leak. Skin-friendly Brava Elastic Barrier Strips from Coloplast are designed to prevent the edges of your barrier from lifting and help to keep your barrier securely in place. They are elastic and are designed to move with you as you bend and stretch. The innovative Brava Elastic Barrier Strips from Coloplast are a skin-friendly alternative to tape and are available for you to try today. Don't let leakage rule the day. Call 1-855-430-9500 today to receive a free sample of Brava Elastic Barrier Strips. Every now and then I like to remind our audience about the different support services that are available for patients, survivors, and caregivers through the Colon Cancer Alliance. First and foremost is our 
patient support hotline where you can be directly connected to a certified patient support navigator with any questions uh, related to uh, colorectal cancer, uh, medical questions, questions about support, those kinds of things, then you can reach out to a patient support navigator uh, between, I think it's 8 to 5, Monday through Friday, and that toll-free number is one 422 Once again, the patient support a phone number for the Colon Cancer Alliance is one 422 One of, in my opinion, the best uh, support that the Colon Cancer Alliance has to offer is their online chats. That is how I found the Colon Cancer Alliance when I was diagnosed back in 2011. And it's a source of support, a source of friendship and fellowship. I made some amazing connections through the daily online chat. And if you've not had a chance to check it out, I invite you to do so. You can find it on the Colon Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org. Click on the link that says Get Support and scroll down to you see Patient and Family Support Group Chat. There are actually five different chat sessions that are available to you. For those folks who are newly diagnosed or have questions specific to managing your side effects, you can jump on the daily chat actually early um, before the, the regular chat starts, and that's from 11.30 to noon Eastern time. Then the regular daily chat takes place from noon to 1 Eastern time, Monday through Friday. For those of you in the club with me in the Stage 4 group, there is a specific chat that takes place on Tuesday evenings from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern time for those of us who are Stage 4. Uh, for our caregivers, we don't want to forget about our caregivers. Where would we be without them? We have a special chat just for you, and that takes place during a new time. We've moved this chat. It was an evening chat. It's now during the day. It's on Thursdays from 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern time. And again, that's for our caregivers. And then for those of you who need some help and support uh, managing grief, uh, we have a special chat for you every week. Wednesday nights from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Time. So all those chats and all the information about uh, the chat group, including some tips and tricks on how do you navigate the whole online chat thing, can be found under the link for Patient Family Support Group Chat on the ccalliance.org website under Get Support. If you have an ostomy or are undergoing chemotherapy, you know at times it can be a struggle to stay hydrated. That's where H2ORS can help. H2ORS is an oral rehydration solution, which is an over-the-counter electrolyte drink mix for dehydration. H2ORS is a medically accepted alternative to IV hydration. So for those of you who are struggling to stay hydrated due to an ostomy or chemotherapy, H2ORS can help replenish your fluid and electrolyte levels. It has three times the electrolytes of most sports drinks without the excess sugar, artificial flavors, or artificial colors. If you would like to try a free sample of H2ORS, go to h2ors.com sample and they'll ship one out to you. No strings or hidden costs attached. Also, when you make your first purchase at h2ors.com, 
If you use the code CCPOD, you will get 10% off your first order. Some exciting events coming up in the near future that I want to share with you uh, taking place across the country. Uh, a lot of opportunities to walk and run. We've got a Let's Get Scoping community uh, run walk taking place in Indianapolis, Indiana. That's on July the 1st, Saturday, July the 1st from 8.30 a.m. to 10.30 at Fort Harrison Park. Check out that event, those of our friends up in the Indianapolis area. The weekend of July 15th, the Rock and Roll Marathon Series. Next stop is in Chicago. So they'll be there the weekend of July 15th and 16th. The next stop for the Undy Run Walk is at the Jersey Shore. So our friends uh, in and around the Jersey Shore, the Undy Run Walk is coming to you on Saturday, July 15th. And there is a special run taking place also on that day for our friends up in the Northwest in the Spokane, Washington area. There's the Remembrance Run for Will McGurk. So that event is taking place up in Spokane, Washington, also on Saturday, July 15th at 8.30. And then as we flip the calendar over to August, uh, our good friends in the Nashville, Tennessee area, the Undies coming your way on Saturday, August the 5th, taking place at Shelby Park. And two weeks later, we go back to the West Coast, Tacoma, Washington, is where the Undie Run Walk will be on August 19th. So that's a quick overview of events coming up across the country with the Colon Cancer Alliance. I want to welcome and say thank you to our newest sponsor, Exact Sciences, manufacturer of Cologuard. Cologuard is the first and only FDA-approved, non-invasive, stool DNA-based colon cancer screening test. It's for patients 50 and older at average risk of colon cancer. Cologuard is shipped directly to you where you can provide a sample in the comfort of your own home and ship it back to the lab postage prepaid. Cologuard is not for everyone. It is not a replacement for diagnostic or surveillance colonoscopy in high-risk individuals. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. Cologuard is available by prescription only. Ask your doctor if Cologuard is right for you. Find out more information by visiting their website at cologuardtest.com. A comment was recently uh, raised or made, I should say, uh, on Facebook about uh, sponsors and sponsorships for the show. And I want you to know that it is because of the sponsors that we have on the Colon Cancer Podcast that makes the show uh, available to you. Uh, putting the show on takes not just uh, quite a bit of time on my part, but uh, there is an expense involved in putting the show together. I, I pay to have the show produced. Um, so I make it a point to that if I'm going to have sponsors, and it's, it is the right thing to do, I have a choice. I can either have sponsors or I can solicit uh, funding from the listeners, which is something I'm not comfortable doing. And we've had some terrific sponsors, and I've made it a point to only have sponsors on the show that offer products and services that I feel would be beneficial to our audience. And the sponsor that's been with us the longest, who I, I truly appreciate their support, uh, Chris Shaw and the team at H2ORS have been wonderful supporters of the show. And they recently made a very generous decision in that, as you know, if, if you listen to the end of the show that I uh, share with you, 
that I provide financial support, take some of the sponsorship support that I receive and turn around and give it back to Jeannie's Blue Angel Funds, which is a fund through the Colon Cancer Alliance to support those who've been touched by colorectal cancer who might need some financial assistance. So, And I'm very proud to be a supporter of that fund. But in a recent conversation with Chris Shaw of H2RS, we were talking about that. And Chris announced very generously that he would like to support the same fund. And what he's going to do is take 10% of the proceeds of any purchases made through the coloncancerpodcast.com website of his product of h2ors.com and also support Jeannie's Blue Angels, Jeannie Moore's uh, scholarship fund, which I thought was very generous. And I asked Chris if he would come on the show and talk a little bit about H2RS and, and why it uh, is a wonderful product for those folks who either have an ostomy or are struggling with that hydration that we talk about. So if you stay tuned to the end of my uh, interview this week, the uh, end of the interview, uh, you'll listen to my brief interview with Chris. And uh, I'd appreciate you staying on and listening to what he has to say. My guest this week is Anne Favreau. Anne is a 29-year survivor of colorectal cancer and as well uh, has been living with an ostomy for 29 years. Anne is very involved in the United Ostomy Association, and she decided to share her experience as an ostomy and help support others in writing a book. And the book is titled, It's Okay to Have an Ostomy. The book is available on Amazon. I will post the links to it on the coloncancerpodcast.com website. I know you're going to be inspired by Anne uh, and all that uh, she has to share. So join me now for my conversation with Anne Favreau. Hi, Anne. How are you? Good to connect with you. It's wonderful to be on your podcast. Thank you for inviting me, Lee. Oh, it, it's my pleasure. And... Uh, before we get to your book and all the amazing work you've done, I want to kind of just roll back a little bit and tell us uh, uh, how did you come to be uh, f first diagnosed with, uh, with colon cancer? Well, I have to tell you, I was asymptomatic. I had one bloody stool, which I could have ignored, but I knew it was different for me. So um, I had a colonoscopy and they wanted to take me directly to surgery. And the big sign in the wall said, don't make any uh, serious decisions after this procedure. So, so uh, <laughs> the But they wanted you to ignore the sign, right? Yes. But despite the uh, doctor's uh, recommendation and my husband's trepidation, I um, said no, which was the best decision of my life because it gave me a week or more, it was probably two weeks, to educate myself and to find a colorectal surgeon that would make my husband and I part of the team, uh, which was an excellent decision. And um, so as a result, I had uh, the removal of a rectum and a sigmoid colostomy. And this was how long ago, Anne? 1988. I'm a 29-year survivor. Congratulations. 29 years. Wow. <laughs> I did not have to have radiation or chemotherapy. Um, 
the oncologist was there and said, oh, no, no, this is what you need to do. And so I said to the surgeon, this is what he recommends. He said, look, I was in there. I got this all out. You're fine. If it reoccurs, then we'll look at other options. But for now, you do not need chemo or radiation. So I was very fortunate. Oh, my goodness. You certainly were. That's almost unheard of. Did you know going in that uh, you were going to have a colostomy? I did. And I, uh, this surgeon uh, made sure that I visited uh, a woundostomy continent nurse who marked me and gave me some initial uh, education about, um, you know, applying an ostomy pouching system. So that was very good. Um, of course, I had the support of my husband and my family, and I lived in a very small town. And so being the kindergarten teacher that everybody knew, everybody in town <laughs> knew that I was having surgery. And, and as a result, afterwards, um, they would come up to me in the grocery stores and at church and say, are you the lady that knows all about colons? <laughs> I have this problem, what should I do? So um, as much as many people with a colostomy choose not to tell anybody or, you know, to keep it their hidden secret, I took the opportunity to educate everybody around Why me. did you think that was important to do? Well, I felt it was um, a life-saving procedure. And uh, for me, the stigma was not there. It was an amputation of sorts. I had altered plumbing, but it wasn't going to stop me. Uh, within th three months, the doctor said, you know, go to Australia and New Zealand. You'd planned this trip uh, to meet with te teachers and visit schools over there just have somebody else lift your luggage up but you're free to go you're fine it sounded like you really hit the jackpot with your medical team I did uh, this doctor I had to wait a week because he was in uh, Central America doing free surgeries for a week uh, he was very holistic one of the mothers that was uh, the mother of a student in my class came to me and said, um, would you mind if I stayed with you in the recovery room after your surgery? And I said, no, that would be wonderful. And in the recovery room, she said to me, you know, this doctor talks to his patients during surgery and tells them that they're going to heal and they're going to be well. While they're under anesthesia. Exactly. That's fantastic. That's remarkable. It is. As I say, it was the best choice, and, and waiting uh, to find that person was uh, the best for me. Where did you live at the time, Ann? I lived in a very small town called Feeding Hills, Massachusetts. It's the birthplace of Annie Sullivan, the teacher of Helen Keller, and me. <laughs> <laughs> Two teachers. And is that, is that where you had your surgery? No, I had it in, 
in Springfield, Massachusetts at a major medical uh, center there. I see. I see. And when you first learned that you were going to have an ostomy, what was your initial reaction? Well, I think you don't get past the word cancer. Um, that's the first worry. And then, um, you know, as my mother said, this is what's happening. Accept it and get get on with your life. And uh, so that's what I had to do. Did I have days of, you know, despair and depression and all those things that everybody has? Pain, yes. But um, well, family and then going to the ostomy support group really um, helped. Tell us about that, about the ostomy support group and, and how it helped you. And then I'm interested in hearing how you turn that around and are now helping so many others. Well, in Springfield, Massachusetts, uh, there was an ostomy support group that met on Sundays. And so I went and um, it was an interesting group because uh, unlike many ostomy support groups, and I facilitated a lot of them, they had, they met in a church. Church, and they had a separate room for new people that came. And, uh, and they allowed you to tell your story. And I think, in retrospect, um, that's a really good procedure. Because people aren't willing to hear anything until they've had an opportunity to tell everything that's happened to them. Um, they really um, helped with the practical aspects of having an ostomy uh, that your, you know, friends and family had no idea about. And um, there was emotional and, as they say, practical support. As a result of that, I became their president in a, in a year and um, was able to facilitate meetings. And then I went to... Uh, a conference at the United Ostomy Association had, and I think what surprised me the most about that was that there were people who were living very productive lives for a long time with an ostomy. Um, so that w was very uplifting. I learned a lot. I saw a lot of new products, uh, but it was really the fact that when you walked into a room, you didn't know who had an ostomy and who did not have an ostomy. The, um, so as a result of that, somebody came to the attention of somebody and they asked me if I would um, become part of the regional program, which, uh, and they, I went for training for that. And then I would visit ostomy support groups throughout New England and help with organizations issues or other things that they had and then I got a call one day uh, to go to the White House and that was exciting um, uh, Hillary Clinton was holding the National Colorectal Cancer Prevention Initiative uh, ceremony and um, the um, so I was really inspired Fired there and got involved in the prevention uh, aspect of, um, of cancer, colorectal cancer. 
And then you moved to Florida. You, I didn't say at the beginning. Oh, no. Before, there was a few I'm sorry, go ahead. No, before I moved to Florida, I was um, Secretary of the United Ostomy Association, Vice President, and then President and Chairman of the Board. And then I went on to um, be Secretary of the International Ostomy Association. And I... Uh, am now the president of Friends of Ostomates Worldwide USA that sends donated ostomy products uh, to 70 countries around the world to needy ostomates. So, and, and I'm still running a, a support group in Venice, Florida. So I've kind of made the big circle here from local to national to international to local and international again. So. Uh, Met a lot of people. I'm sure. Where and where does this this passion for giving back and helping others come from? Is this the does this go back to the kindergarten teacher in you, or or where does this come from? Well, it does. But I've been a a member of the Lions Club uh, for a very long time. Uh, my, my family was all involved in volunteer work, and so I think. Uh, the volunteer bug has been <laughs> instilled for a very, very long time. <laughs> and so uh, when it came to the Ostomy Society, there was an opportunity to educate and volunteer and give back. Uh, and so that's what I'm still doing. So for... Yeah. Oftentimes, and I, I've had the, the privilege of speaking to so many people who've been touched by colorectal cancer. Uh, some have had, you know, uh, ostomy, some have not, some have been permanent, some have been not. But many times the initial reaction is one of a lot of emotions, of fear, of, of sadness, that, uh, that they're giving something up, um, you know, what what what's your words you know when you hear that kind of reaction from people well i think it's very normal i think we all go through that uh, process of acceptance uh, some it takes some people longer than others and, and some people never get there um, but it's very apparent when you are in uh, support groups for a long time I've seen people come before surgery and cry and worry and people talk to them and they come back afterwards and say, wow, you really helped me. Um, and, and sometimes they're angry. And after a few meetings, when everybody has an opportunity to talk with them, um, the acceptance comes. And oftentimes the spouse or the caregiver gets as much out of the support group as the person with the ostomy because they can understand a little bit more from, from hearing from other people. I'm sure that's incredibly helpful. So it, over 20 years later, you got the inspiration to uh, take some poems and put them into a book. Uh, where did this whole idea come from? Well, I'm part of a writing group, 
And so I share my work with them. And I had published a couple of books about my travels and memoirs. And uh, so there was a young woman in the group who was a techie. And she had helped me with my other books. So she said, okay, what's the next one? And I said, you know, I think I'd like to do a, a book um, that says it's okay to have an ostomy. Uh, because that's the way I feel about it. And so she said, you put it together and I'll get it into print, which we collaborated and it was great. I must say I had uh, terrific um, encouragement from a researcher with one of the um, major manufacturers who uh, had read some of my poetry it, it saw it when it was in the Phoenix magazine or something and so I sent him a draft of the book and he, he said yes go ahead with this and when I sent him the final copy he said uh, this should go to every every new ostomate so that was encouraging obviously that didn't happen but um, there has been uh, wonderful full response to those people who have read it. Tell me about some of that feedback you've received. Well, um, Jeannie from the um, Colon Cancer Alliance uh, has uh, bought a number of copies that she gives away. And oftentimes she will send me an email about someone's response. And I think the one that resonated the most with me was a woman that said she was was really in despair and having a tough time with the diagnosis. She read the book and it, uh, she really felt much better afterwards. It allayed some of her fears. It gave her a little bit of education, but she was really moved by it. And, and I've heard that in a number of times. I, um, someone said, I laughed, I cried, I enjoyed your book. That sounds like the, probably the best compliment of all. It is. Well, when you, as a writer, if your words move someone uh, to feel accepted, or uh, it's it's a wonderful feeling. So I received your book, and again, it's uh, it's called "It's Okay to Have an Ostomy." And, you know, sometimes we see the cover of a book, we have a picture in, my mind of our, in our mind of, of what the book is going to be, and uh, Jeannie Moore told me it was a poetry book. But what caught me by surprise, Anne, was that you found a way to take this topic and the poems rhyme. Was that Some your do. plan? Some, yeah, a lot of them do, and, I, yes. and I, that caught me by surprise. Uh, was there a thought process behind that, or is it just no. kind of just happened that way? It just happened that way. Um, there's a there's a prose piece, and then a poem. So there's a little bit of education or my journey, and then a poem that kind of reflects what that that message is. That was one of the things that that also caught my attention was the way you wove your personal story in with the the poetry. I thought that was very, um, very helpful. Thank you. When someone receives the word, I, I, one of the, the words that I hear 
and I'd like you to respond to this. Um, and not just, and it's it, it applies to uh, colon cancer. It applies to having an ostomy, and that word is embarrassed. Uh, help people who might have that fear. Uh, from your perspective, twenty nine years. Uh, you know, how do we get past that 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 word embarrassment? Well, I I think that. Um Products that are discreet are really helpful. I think uh, clothing choices, the idea that you can have um, intimate wear uh, for those times that you know you want to cover this up, if you will. Um, I think that you know. I, I think. Anybody who's had any kind of amputation, there's maybe an embarrassment to it. I think that we're in our society now, um, things are m much easier spoken about. I mean, when I grew up, people never used the word pregnant. Um, now, uh, you know, uh, you didn't you didn't talk about breast cancer or or uh, male difficulties, you know, and now it's all over TV and everything else. So <laughs> true. I think that, that um, yes, it may be, you know, a personal thing because it has to do with a part of the body that we're not used to talking about. Very true. Well, Anne, as we wrap up our conversation, a uh, question I like to ask all of my guests, and I'll, I'll, I'll change it up a little bit but if someone is was to listening into this conversation that we're having and they themselves or someone they care deeply about just found out that uh, an ostomy is going to be part of their life what what words of advice would you share with those folks i would say educate yourself find a good wound ostomy continent nurse Find a support group if there's one in your area. If not, uh, get in touch with the Colon Cancer Alliance and ask for a buddy. I think there's nothing like talking to someone who's been there, uh, someone who's been vetted, who can not give you medical advice, but practical advice and listen to you and, and be a friend. Uh, Great advice, and for information on finding out about uh, being matched up with a buddy, uh, listeners can go to the Colon Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org. Anne is a buddy. I'm a buddy. Uh, one of the things that the Colon Cancer Alliance does a beautiful job is uh, making sure that they're matching patients with buddies that are on a similar path. So I am not an ostomate, so I would not be assigned a buddy that to, I would not be assigned to be a buddy to someone who is because our journeys are not the same. But uh, you could wind up having uh, somebody wonderful like Ann as your buddy. So again, uh, <laughs> check out the Colon Cancer Alliance at ccalliance.org and you can get information on the buddy program there. And where can people find your book, It's Okay to Have an Ostomy? It's on Amazon, either the Kindle version or the paperback version. Or you can get in touch with the Colon Cancer Alliance and request a free copy. If you are 
for having an ostomy. And I will include a link to the book uh, on my website on the colon cancer podcast dot com so people can just click on it and get right to your book if they need to. Well, and uh, first and foremost, uh, just wonderful news. Congratulations. Twenty nine years. You've uh, you're, you're definitely an inspiration and are doing what the mission of this podcast is. You are absolutely inspiring people and giving them hope. And for that, I thank you. Thank you for all of the uh, selfless work that you do to help so many people, not just locally, but all over the world. Uh, amazing things that you're doing. And I want you to know that it's, uh, it's appreciated. Well, thank you very much, Lee. My pleasure. Thanks again, Anne. You be well. So, Chris, thank you for uh, spending a few minutes talking about H2RS. How are you this evening? I am fabulous. It's uh, terrific to actually speak to you and get to be a part of this. Well, and uh, I want to thank you for that because you have been a part of this. Uh, you've been my uh, longest-standing supporter, financial supporter. I want to be totally transparent with our audience. Uh, financial supporter of the show going on, I think, a year now. And uh, really appreciate you helping to continue this, the mission that we've uh, set upon with the Colon Cancer Podcast, and that is providing information, inspiration, and most importantly, hope to those touched by colon cancer. So thank you. I really appreciate all that you've done for us. You know what? One of the things that we really like about being involved with the Colon Cancer podcast, and you and I have talked about this in almost every conversation we've had, is that patients and survivors need to know just how many people are out there going through what they're going through, but don't know how much support there really is out there. So what you do in reaching out nationally and internationally to people and providing not just education, but support and a listening uh, ability is unbelievably valuable. Well, it's, uh, you know, I tell people and I was asked, you know, why did I even start this? And the answer is because I needed something like this. When I heard those three words six years ago, you've got uh, cancer. So this is kind of my way to, you know, uh, pay it forward, if you will. So we, I just uh, finished the conversation with Anne, and Anne has been living with an ostomy for close to 30 years. And what I wanted to hear from you, because I think it just perfectly aligns with this episode, is why is hydration particularly important for ostomates, and why, it, why H2ORS? No, it's, it's a great question. And the journey that we've been through is... Uh, quite a few years ago, uh, we started talking to cancer patients, and colorectal cancer plays a very huge role in the cancer landscape, as you well know. And what we learned from talking to the nurses and the patients is, look, there's a whole population of GI disease patients and survivors who have come to have an ileostomy or a colostomy or urostomy, and you need to go talk to these people. And you know, frankly, I've been quite fortunate, and I have not been touched by cancer, 
But when we started to do the research and talking to the wound ostomy nurses, they lit up like a Christmas tree. Uh, we had no idea what we were getting into. And what we do know and what you know and to the people listening to this conversation understand is that if you've had colorectal cancer or you have Crohn's colitis or IBD or IBS or any of these gastrointestinal diseases, is it compromises your body's ability to absorb fluid and electrolytes. And if you are living with an ileostomy because you either had your bowel resected or your colon removed, you absolutely have lost a huge ability to absorb those fluids. Because again, everyone knows once you've had this disease that fluids travel through your small intestine and the then into the large intestine, and finally the majority of the absorption happens in the colon. Well, if you don't have that, now what? Or if you have an ileostomy that's so early in the small uh, intestines that you don't have enough time for those to be absorbed, the fluid and electrolytes. What makes an oral rehydration solution unique and different than anything else, and I know this sounds like a tall order and you can, you can push me on the science and the details and I'd be happy to answer those questions. But everything you drink, water, tea, coffee, soda, uh, sports drinks, Pedialyte all get absorbed in the colon. ORS gets absorbed in the jejunum at a, very, at a near instantaneous rate. In other words, that absorption is taking place before it reaches the ileum. So the whole reason RS exists is that the World Health Organization originally developed it for treating fluid shedding diseases like cholera and dysentery. And you don't die from the disease. You die because your body will not hold fluid and electrolytes. And so what they discovered is there's a series of proteins in your jejunum that cause the body to absorb sodium at an instantaneous rate. And when you create a overload for lack of a better term of sodium in the bloodstream, it pulls the water directly into the bloodstream. And it happens so quickly that when you have a patient, say, in chemotherapy or radiation, they can absorb those fluids before they can pass them out as vomiting or diarrhea. Gotcha. Okay. So um, why H2RS versus, say, the sports drinks, which, you know, tend to get you know, so much of the play because of marketing or even sure. or even Pedialyte? Sure. Um, it's a great question because, you know, there I've yet to meet the person in this world who doesn't wish they owned Gatorade or Powerade or any of the sports drinks. Right. <laughs> it's a much different conversation we're all having. I'll call you from my yacht. Sure. Uh the issue with sports drinks, and, I, and I'm not singling out any one local or national brand, is they tend to be very long on sugar because that makes them taste really good, and they tend to be very short on, on electrolytes. In fact, uh, you could probably get more electrolyte content from eating a hamburger than you could from a sports drink. An oral rehydration solution, to be called an oral rehydration solution, has a very close approximate 
application of a very common intravenous fluid for treating dehydration, which is D5 half-normal saline, which is dextrose 5% in half-normal saline. So that's an awful lot of salt, and it's an awful lot of fluids. And a sports drink just can't deliver it because if they were putting that much electrolyte content in there, it would taste bad. So before we move on to the salt part of it, sports drinks, because they have that much sugar in them, your body actually has to use the water that's in your bloodstream or the fluids you already have in your bloodstream to break those sugars down so they can be reabsorbed in the colon, assuming you've got one. So in a lot of instances, a sugary sports drink, while it tastes good, is probably not a very good option. So uh, when you talk about Pedialyte, Pedialyte is the market leader. It's almost like saying Q-tips, okay? That's not a shameless plug for whoever manufactures Q-tips. It's, it's that commonly known. Um, however, again, Pedialyte falls below the criteria to be an oral rehydration solution. It is a better choice for people, but again, it's gonna have to be absorbed in the, uh, in the colon rather than in the jejunum. So I'm gonna lead to the next question. I hope this was the next one you're gonna ask, but what we've done is if you were to go onto the internet or go to uh, the United Ostomy Association Association website, you can find recipes for oral rehydration solutions. Very simple to find, very simple to make. The problem is you're not going to want to drink it. And, you know, if, if somebody listening to this says, you know, I drink the World Health Organization ORS every day and I think it's just the greatest thing that's ever been manufactured, I'll send you a free box um, because <laughs> it's pretty hard to swallow. Uh, and what we've done is we're the first company globally to make a fully World Health Organization compliant ORS taste good. Excellent. You've been not only a generous supporter of the show uh, because of your sponsorship, but you've uh, offered visitors to your website a free sample by going to h2ors.com forward slash sample. You've also given us a coupon code for 10% off if they use CCPOD, which stands for Colon Cancer Podcast. Uh, visitors to the site will get 10% off their order. And now you've taken it up a notch and you've decided to do something else uh, to give back. Uh, yeah. Talk to, talk to us. What have you got up your sleeve? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm really excited. And this is, uh, I, you know, before we got onto this interview, we were chatting and you were telling me about uh, what you are doing as part of your giving back to the community through uh, Jeannie Moore's organization, Blue Angels. Yes. And I understand that the Colon Cancer Podcast is donating 10% of the revenues generated by sponsors like H2RS to that fund. And I think that is really exciting. And what we'd like to do is on the link that we have on the Colon Cancer Podcast website, if you click on that and you make a purchase of h 2 ORS, we will donate 10% of those proceeds through the Colon Cancer Podcast to uh, Jeannie's organization, Blue Angels. That's fantastic. You know, thank you so much for doing that. Uh, my next phone call is to let Jean let Jeannie know. 
But uh, for those who are unfamiliar with Genie's Blue Angels, you can learn about it by going on the Colon Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org and look under Get Support. And Genie's Blue Angels is a scholarship fund offering stipends to those uh, experiencing financial hardship as a result of their disease. Chris, thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us. Truly appreciate uh uh, your support of the show and all the things that you're doing and wish you and H2RS uh, continued success. Hey, it's been fantastic, Lee. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Colon Cancer Podcast presented by Coloplast. And thank you to our sponsors, Coloplast, H2ORS, and Exact Sciences for your support. The Colon Cancer Podcast is a proud sponsor of Genie's Blue Angels, providing financial support to those affected by colorectal cancer. Thanks for listening to the Colon Cancer Podcast, presented by Coloplast. Notes from this episode can be found on our website at thecoloncancerpodcast.com. To subscribe to the podcast, please visit the colancancerpodcast.com forward slash subscribe. If you or a loved one has a question about colon cancer, please visit the Colon Cancer Alliance website at ccalliance.org. Again, that's ccalliance.org. Thanks again for listening. Be well, everyone. <laughs>